0: Hi guys, it's Mike here and welcome to the Fair Dinkum English podcast today. This is the very, very first episode and this podcast I've made to help you learn to speak English fluently and confidently. And I wanted to kickstart this podcast with an interesting episode, um, one that I hope gives you inspiration, uh, also gets you excited about learning languages and and obviously gets you to, to know me a little bit better. So it is titled How I Fell in Love with Languages and a Spanish Woman. Uh, Yeah, as you can imagine, a bit of love is involved in this. Uh, That is a big motivation of why I learned the language, but not really all of the story. So, you just stick around and you'll you'll see why. So, basically, um, what happened was I I used to play football uh, professionally in Australia when I was younger. And, uh, you know, I loved it, it was great. Uh, There came a time, though, when I was a bit burnt out and um, I just wasn't feeling it anymore. So I decided to, to have a holiday, as you do, to recharge the batteries and you know try and get back the passion that I once had for the game and just sort of find myself, I guess. Um, this is when I was about, oh, I don't know, early 20s. I forget the exact age, but early 20s, 2010. Uh, So yeah, I decided to to go on a trip and where did I decide to go well Spain because I've always wanted to go to Spain I love it. It just looks like such a cool country Obviously the football is amazing, but also just the culture and the people so I planned a holiday. I went to Spain and uh, Well, I didn't have enough money. (laughs) I didn't have enough money really to be able to go over there and stay for a long period of time and pay for the accommodation or the food and things like that. I had enough money for the flight, so I had to think a bit outside the square. So I decided to look on the internet and see what options I had. And I ended up finding a place, uh, well, a website called Workaway. And this website was was amazing, really. Uh, it made like it possible for someone like me without money to be able to go over to another country and live there with your accommodation and your food paid for. So what's the catch? Well, basically there are families over there in Spain or wherever you're looking, who are looking for people to help them out. Uh, in some cases, they're looking for an au pair to help them look after the kids, or they're looking for a laborer to help them, you know, fix up their property and things like that. And most of the people who are looking for, for this help are usually expats from from England who have decided to look for a better life for themselves and their family, that dream life in Spain in the Spanish countryside where the weather's beautiful and you know the people speak this beautiful dialect and dance the flamenco and all those beautiful things. Um, Well that's the dream. And so they decide to to go over and, and try it and make it work. And when they get there they realize that um you know it is it is amazing. But they need a little bit more work. Obviously they they might buy a little you know townhouse in the countryside but It's normally pretty run down and and they need to do some repairs on that. And at the same time, they've got their kids and they need someone to look after the kids. So hence, needing people to work. And normally they're on a little bit of a tight budget or maybe they just want um, the experience of meeting people who, you know, outside the square a little bit who are adventurers like themselves. So they put ads on this website, Workaway. And that's how I found the family I ended up uh, staying with for the first three months that I had a tourist visa in Spain. Um, Well, what happened was I was looking on Workaway and there were three different families I was sort of choosing between. Uh, One was in Barcelona and that looked really great. Barcelona is a fantastic city, as you probably know or have heard of. Uh, And they actually even had season tickets to watch Barcelona Football Club. So that was a huge thing for me Um, in exchange for me, you know, doing some labor work on their house. So, Basically, my whole, um, I was, you know, obviously going to take accommodation and food from these families. What I was going to give was um, experience laboring. You know, I've done a bit of rocking and, and just basic manual labor tasks, I guess, but I am by far, by far from being uh, good with my hands. You know, I'm not really, I'm not a handyman, let's be honest, okay? I am a bit of a disaster with my hands, actually, but I just... I don't know. I thought I'd just wing it. I'd put in on my um, profile that I could do it all and see what happened. And when I got over there, I'd deal with it when I got there, you know, basically. (laughs) So, you know, I said, bugger it. I just want to get there and I want to go over there. So I'll just say I can do everything. And that's what I did. And these three families got back to me. So the Barcelona one was very tempting. There was also one in Valencia who were at the foot of these beautiful mountains covered in snow and and the family were great. And um, yeah, they looked really cool too. And then there was a third one, which was in a little village about an hour away from Sevilla called La Puebla de Casalla. Now, <laughs> this town was small. I mean, it wasn't a tourist attraction. It's not a place people go to. Um, there was no defining features of this little village. But it, for me, that was the like the authentic Spanish experience that I was looking for, you know, it wasn't this big city, it was just a little village, you know, um, sort of lost to time, you know, that's how it seemed anyway, the description and it just—it was really cool. Like in the in the description, the family and themselves were just amazing. Um, and there was also an Australian girl already staying there. I didn't mention I'm Australian, guys. If you haven't already noticed from my accent, um, Australian girl staying there who was the au pair for the family. Uh, you know, being a nanny for the two kids. And I thought, geez, that sounds good. And, and the mum said, look, we need someone to help. You know, do the labor task around the house. Would you want to come? And out of all three, I was just like, that's the place I need to be. I don't know why, but it just called to me. It seemed the most authentic. It was, you know, in the south of Spain and away from it all and in a little farm. You know, I don't know. It's just, it was very romantic, the idea. So I said, you know what? Yes, sign me up. I'm coming Yeah. So I got on the plane and I went over there um, and it was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. Uh, Before that, I um, was—I don't know—I was not very. I mean, I was independent, but I relied on my family a lot. I relied on my mum and dad a lot for support, Um, and you know, I really wasn't my own man. If if I'm going to be one hundred percent honest, but over there, I had to find myself and I had to look after myself, and um, and also had to look after two boys, uh, Max and Louis. You know, I didn't. You know, when I say look after them, obviously they had the mum and they had the au pair, but you know, I sort of became like a a older brother figure for them. And they were just amazing kids, just absolutely amazing kids. Uh, Louis, the oldest one, he was about, uh, geez, he would have been about 12 at the time, I think. Anyway, he was just such a cool kid. He is such a cool kid still, if you ever listen to Lou, (laughs) you're a legend. Um, And he was just so mature, mature for his age and just you know, he loved the football and things like that. And we, we played a lot of sport together. And, and little Max was the cutest kid. You know, he would have only been about seven years old at the time or something. But he was just so, so cute. Such a cool kid. Just wanted to play. And um, I love those two boys like brothers. And And the Australian girl that was working there as a nanny became like a sister to me. Her name was Laura and she was awesome. The mum of the family was great. You know, she was just such a character. And the dad, when I met him, was just, geez, he was the coolest guy. I'm still mates with him. Mike, you're a legend. Big shout out, mate. Um, you know, just really good guy. Really, really good guy. Just it was such a good decision to go there. And I've got so many stories about it that I could fill up a whole nother podcast just with the stories of La Puebla de Casaya and what happened to me in Spain. And and during the course of these, um, these podcasts, I'll tell different stories, you know, from there obviously, but today I'll try and get back on track and to why I love learning languages. And as you can imagine, uh, when you're there in Spain, in this little village where no one speaks English, except for the family I was staying with, as soon as you leave the comfort of that home and you make the walk into town, uh, no one can communicate with you. You can't communicate with anyone. It's very, (laughs) I mean, geez, you can't do anything. You know what I mean? Like it's a it's an absolute adventure. It's a blast, you know, and especially for the first bit it's quite um it's quite a it's almost like a game, you know, you're trying to communicate with people just using signs, using your facial expressions, things like that, and it, and it's a lot of fun. But there comes a time where you know, you really feel like there's some good people there that you really want to connect with and when it comes to that point and not being able to speak with them, it's a little bit I don't know, it's sad. It's a little bit disappointing. You just you really want to take that next step and, and create actual real friendships with these people, you know, instead of just miming your way um, through the conversations with them. So I really put my head down. And I started studying. I studied, you know, Spanish books and and got all the, you know, the vocabulary books where it translates from English to Spanish. And I carried that around with me all day. And so that's where the the real motivation started at the beginning. You know, there was just so many good people in this town, so many beautiful people who just real salt of the earth type of people who were amazing. And I just wanted to know them. I wanted to get to know them and I wanted to really have relationships, you know as you know friends with these guys and 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 girls and and not just that i ended up joining the local football club and it became a bit of a joke because there were training sessions i swear people would come down just to watch me train and the coach would put on these uh these exercises where he'd call different colored cones and everyone would be running to the color that he calls and i'd be just looking around waiting to see where everyone ran and and chasing them because I had no idea what was going on and and you'd hear some laughs from the from the stands you know <laughs> so so for that reason too I really wanted to learn to be able to integrate more with a football team to listen to the coach to be able to follow the tactics so obviously I I went pretty hard with that trying to study 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 so that was the first point of really you know wanting to study the Spanish language And wanting to learn a language to open up new possibilities and and new relationships with people on the other side of the world. It's just incredible what language can do for you. But after three months, uh, that was the end of my uh, visa. You know, the, the holiday visa expires after three months. So you have to go home after that. So I went back to Australia and you have to stay there for six months before you can even think about coming back again. So I stayed for six months and I saved up again. And I had it very clear in my mind. From as soon as I got back, that I wanted to go back to Spain again, to the same family, to the same place, and you know, play with this football team and and just live life, just live life and on Spanish time and Spanish rhythm, uh, and just it was just beautiful. It's just a beautiful lifestyle. It's a beautiful way to live. So that's what I wanted. So I did that, and after six months, I I had the possibility to go back again, but this time I wanted to stay longer. So, I decided to go on a student visa, and that required me to fork out a bit of my savings to be able to actually study at a school. And in that way, you can actually get a visa for as long as your course lasts. And I chose a year long course, and I managed to study at a, at a school with teachers. I saw how amazing teaching was from, you know, just from a student's perspective, but I was able to see how much the teachers enjoyed, enjoyed uh, their job. They just loved it. They love teaching and they love teaching us. And they were all personalities, great people. We all respected them so much. And, and they just seemed to love life. And I thought, what a great job, even at the time, I thought, what a great job that would be, you know, being a teacher, and teaching people their language. Um, so yeah, and, and I was living there in Spain. But even before all this, Happened. Um, I have to tell you the other huge motivation for me learning Spanish. So when I went back the second time, as I said, I you know paid for this student visa. So I took the plane over with one of my best mates, and um, and we planned a two week holiday around Spain to see football games because we're both we're both really big football fans. Before I settled back into Sevilla, uh, you know, well, not Sevilla, but La Puebla de Casalla, and he went would go back to Australia and and go back to his his life. So for these two weeks we had planned, we would go see Barcelona play, we'd see Real Madrid play. It was going to be just amazing. We were going to go to Ibiza as well. So all these things planned. Anyway, first stop Barcelona. Uh, You know, we get there and this is the first stop in our trip, and my mate gets a call. And he has to rush back home to Australia uh, for a work-related emergency, so I was left by myself. I had these tickets to the next places, and I thought, "Oh my God, am I going to keep going on this trip by myself? It's a bit lonely, a bit sad. Maybe I just go straight to, you know, to La Puebla and just start living with this family already. Maybe it's not worth, you know, continuing the trip." But I, I did. I continued the trip. I thought, you know what? I've paid for it already. I might as well keep going by myself. So uh, I was actually I went to Bilbao next for one night, stayed there one night, and um, and I was already regretting my decision. There was a big street party, and I just wasn't in the mood. I just was by myself. I don't know. I just didn't speak the language yet. You know, I just knew little bits, and I don't know. I felt a bit isolated, a bit lonely. So. I sort of dragged myself to the airport the next day to continue the journey and go to Ibiza, which was a really scary prospect because Ibiza by yourself, I don't know, it's, for me anyway, that was a bit daunting. It was like, oh my God, everyone's going obviously with friends and groups and I'm just going to go to Ibiza. This, these clubs just bought by myself. Oh Well, I, I thought I'm just going to go and see what happens, see what fate has in store for me. And it was, the best decision I've ever made in my life to continue with that journey because guess what happened the morning I was there in the Bilbao airport I was um yeah I was feeling pretty rusty I hadn't slept much at all the night before there was just so much noise in Bilbao because of the street parties and yeah I was feeling terrible I probably looked terrible at least in my head (laughs) so I definitely wasn't in the mood for you know conversation but All of a sudden, now this is going to sound corny as hell, I know, but guys, it's true. It's because it happened to me, okay? Um, I was sitting there and I looked over on the other side of the airport and I saw the most beautiful girl in the world. She was, she is amazing, like just amazing. For for me anyway, she was amazing. Like everything that I've ever wanted, like in a girl, she's just Oh man, brunette. Um, she had this little bob cut, uh, like a you know a nose piercing. Um, these sort of hippie pants, like a sort of hippie cool kind of style. Beautiful eyes, just amazing, amazing. You know, this beautiful Spanish girl on the other side of the of the airport. She just caught my eye straight away, and I've always said it, and it sounds crazy to say, but it was. 100% like love at first sight. I was just in love with this girl just after seeing her. And that's never happened to me before. I'm not like this crazy romantic or anything like that. That was the first time in my life something like that had happened. And I just knew I had to talk to her. And I'm like, wow, I wonder where she's going. Like, We're in the the big you know, part of the airport where you could be going anywhere. You could be catching literally any flight. We still haven't even walked through security yet. And I saw her there and I'm like, oh, wow, I wonder where she's going. And God, I have to talk to her. She's just, she's amazing. I have to talk to her. But she was with her friend. And I sort of, you know, saw them from a distance and they went through security. So I decided to go through security and then I saw where they were sitting. So I sort of sat opposite them, but behind a little bit of a a seat so that it wasn't so obvious. Anyway, um, they started talking, they were laughing. And when they had these jokes and they were laughing, I sort of looked over and she looked at me and we made eye contact and, and there was a moment I thought. So I started walking past them, you know, to go to the toilet or to, to go to a news agency and we will make an eye contact. So I'm like, okay, so I think we're flirting. Like I'm pretty damn sure she's flirting with me. I'm flirting with her. This is, this is cool. So anyway, um, then what happened was that we get the call. There's a call over the loudspeaker that the flight to Ibiza is boarding. So I start going downstairs and sure enough, her and her friend were also going to Ibiza. I mean, of all the places, they could have gone to any other places that were flying out of Bilbao that day, but we were literally on the same flight. I couldn't believe my luck. I just thought, this is amazing. Like, I've got to talk to these girls, obviously. Uh, One, because I'm just, I don't, never felt this way before about a girl, but two, because how cool would it be to actually know someone in Ibiza as well since I'm all alone? You know, at least I've got some, you know, girls to hang out with. That would be cool. So anyway, um, we got on the plane and, you know, I'm looking around to see where they are. And there are a few uh, aisles up ahead of us on the left. So I look up, I look over there on the left and and I see her. And then I see this girl. She puts her head up and starts looking around as well, like as if she's looking for me. And I'm like, no, she couldn't be. But when she saw me, she sort of got like a bit blushed and she sort of went back down again, like as if she got caught out. So I was like, it's 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 a hundred percent like I think it's a hundred percent what I you know i think yeah, oh man i don't know i was really 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 you know excited about the prospect but at the same time i didn't want to get my hopes up too much i wasn't feeling very confident at the time as as i said i was probably looking like a, something the cat dragged up and i felt like it as well but anyway i the game was on i had to I had to try and do something so the plane took off and I was pretty nervous because I was already putting pressure on myself to talk to the to the girls and I'm like, oh geez, I'm all by myself, um, what am I going to say, I don't speak Spanish that well. I pulled out my little Spanish book and, and wrote down a few phrases and I'm trying to remember them and and I come up with a plan, okay, I've got a map from for a visa of where I'm staying, maybe I go over to them and in my broken Spanish I ask, uh, this is where I'm staying, do you know where it is, like as an excuse to talk to them. So finally, I get up enough courage. I get up and I walk over to talk to these girls. My heart's pounding. And just before I get to their aisle, a guy steps up. He stands in the middle of the, the aisle, the middle of the aisle, blocks it. And I can't get through. And he starts talking to his mate. He's oblivious that I'm there trying to walk past him. But in my mind, everyone else in the plane is watching me And they know what I'm doing. (laughs) I'm sure it wasn't like that. I'm sure, you know, no one cared about what I was doing. But in my mind, everyone was watching me. And I was just there like standing like nothing like (laughs) like I had no reason to be there you know what I mean so I had to think of something quickly and I thought what's my excuse for standing here so I did the only thing you can do in that situation and I started stretching pretending I was just stretching my legs and my arms and I turned around and went back to my seat thoroughly embarrassed and just I basically said to myself well that's it that's a sign from the universe that I'm not supposed to talk to to this girl you know it's a hundred percent It's not supposed to happen. Okay. So I put that out of my mind and I said, it's not going to happen. No worries. (laughs) But as the plane got closer to Ibiza, and I thought, geez, I got to try one more time. You know what? I can't die with this regret, not knowing what would have happened. So I tried a second time. I went up there, heart beating praying that no one was going to block the aisle this time. And sure enough, no one blocked the aisle. Thank God. And I walked in there and they were both there talking. And i it was so nerve wracking. I sat down, like I sort of squeezed in a little bit and said, excuse me, girls, in my broken Spanish. Um, I've got this map and I, I went through it. And then suddenly the girl I'm interested in, she started speaking to me in English. She says, "Oh, hey. Oh yeah, um okay, you speak English? Where are you from?" And I'm like, oh, "Australian." She's like, "Oh, I lived in Scotland." So she spoke a bit of Spanish. So it was awesome. I'm like, "Okay, thank Christ." And then I told them about, you know, where i was staying in Ibiza and and they both said, "Hey, look, we're staying in that area as well. Why don't we all share a taxi and we'll go there?" So, It was amazing. I was just like, yes, this is great. So we got off the plane all together. We shared a taxi. uh, We went there. uh, We got the taxi together to the hotel uh, or to my hotel. They left me off. And when they dropped me off, they said, okay, look, in about an hour, we should be ready to go out. We'll give you a call and you can come out with us and you know, you can come out on the town with us. And I was like, that sounds amazing. So great. Fantastic. So that was the plan. But guess what happened? As I said, guys, I hadn't slept at all the night before. So you can imagine I was pretty tired at this point. And I don't want to sound like, you know, stereotypical here, but girls generally take a while to get ready. And in this case, they took a long time to get ready. So I was sitting there ready to go on the edge of my bed in my hotel room waiting for the call and you know an hour went past or I think it was an hour that went past anyway in my mind an hour had gone past and I was so tired and I just said to myself look I'm I'm knackered if I go out now I'll be I'll be wrecked so why don't I just have a little tiny siesta just rest my eyes for a second here I won't even sleep actually I'm just gonna lie back and close my eyes for a second just give myself a little bit of a a rest And then I'll, you know, they'll call me and I'll go. So put my head back on the the bed, fully dressed, close my eyes. And what seemed like literally a second, like snap your fingers, open my eyes again. It felt like one second had passed, but all of a sudden all this light was streaming in through the windows and I knew what had happened. And I said, an expletive, very loud. I said, (laughs) rhymes with hit. Um, and yeah, and I was like, damn it, I've missed my opportunity. I saw the missed calls and I knew, damn it, I'm sure these girls have gone out. They've had a really good night. They think I, you know, I'm not interested. Oh no, this is terrible. So, uh, I I got the phone and I called and I said, look, I'm so sorry. I fell asleep (laughs) and they said, no worries. I had a laugh, um, you know, come meet us for lunch. So I went to lunch with them, and we had a fantastic day together. We had lunch, we went to the pool. You know, um, they were both just amazing girls. Like, um, but the one I, I really, really was interested in, obviously, I, you know, I kept trying to get a little bit closer to her, flirting with her. And her friend was great. Her friend already had um, a boyfriend back, back where she was from. So you know, there was no. I don't. I think it was pretty obvious the the whole time that I was, you know, interested in in the the other friend but you know she was so so cool the friend was awesome the whole time you know not at all uh, worried or annoyed that I was trying to take the attention of her friend from her she was fantastic anyway that night we went out to the clubs and me and the girl I'm interested in we really hit it off and we spent the next four days together or whatever it was in Ibiza and it was amazing just like typical you know summer love type of story you know it was just incredible and i was i was really really into this girl and and on the day i had to leave i remember us both talking to each other and she said you know i want to i want to keep in touch with you i want to try and make something of this and i said me too so when i went back to where i was staying with the family in the south of spain in that little village she was staying at the top of Spain in a little place called Vitoria in the north, completely on the other side of Spain, up the top, I was down the bottom. But we maintained contact through guys, if, if you're from the if you're from my generation, you remember MSN Messenger. Now, in a modern day context, it's probably just like having a Skype, you know, with someone basically. So we kept, you know, doing these video calls once uh you know once every week or once every night and once a month we would uh meet up in in madrid in the middle point of spain so we'd both you know have a middle ground where we could both meet up and we'd stay a few nights there together and we just hit it off. We, you know, started a relationship and, and after a year, um, she decided to, to come down to Sevilla and see how she'd go living in Sevilla. So, I moved to the big city for me from my little village, La Puebla, to Sevilla and she came all the way down uh, to the south to live with me there and we spent a year there together and it was great, but... Um, yeah, we wanted something a bit different. And so we went back up to Victoria. Well, I wanted something a bit different. Went up to Victoria, and and yeah, we lived there together. And then we went to Mallorca. We lived four years there together. We went to Santander. We lived a year there. We went back to Victoria again. It's crazy. So we've been everywhere together. 11 years later, we're still together. We're married. We've got a little three-year-old daughter together called Dana, who's the best thing in the world, the most amazing little girl. Um, she's the love of my life. Both of these girls are the love of my life. The best thing that could ever happen to me, I'm the luckiest man in the world. When I tell you this, I honestly believe it. And it was all because I took a chance, had the courage to go, keep going by myself to a completely different country. And something in my heart told me that that's where I needed to be. That's where my destiny was, and that's exactly what happened. I fell in love at first sight um, with the girl my dreams. I'm still with her. We've got an amazing daughter together. I, I met the most beautiful family and two boys that are like brothers to me, Louis and Max, and and a girl who's amazing, like Laura, who is my you know sister from another mother, and just so many good experiences with the people in La Pueblo, with the football team, with just so many things guys it's just traveling learning languages is the most amazing thing in the world it opens up not only new possibilities to speak to people but new opportunities new chances in life new things that could could happen for you which you never expected and that's exactly what happened to me and that's why I um, an English teacher now that's why I'm so passionate about teaching my language to other people to allow them those same opportunities to come to Australia go to America go to Canada go to anywhere like that England and 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 find the love of their life find their passion find what they're they're meant to do because I'm meant to be teaching English I know that this is my passion you know And I found it through learning another language, through travel, these things, guys, that I want you to be able to do as well, because if your heart tells you that that's what you should be doing like it did for me, guys, the best advice I have for you is to follow it, because it knows what's best for you, and it will lead to amazing things. So guys, please keep listening to this podcast, because I'm going to keep giving you advice, but most of all, I'm going to teach you how to to speak english fluently and confidently so you too will be able to, to to have adventures like this and when you're in that airport or on that aeroplane and you see that person that you know you fall in love with at first sight maybe not but the person that you're interested in you won't have to use your broken english to go over there and talk to them though you'll be confident and fluent enough to be able to stand your own ground and make your own conversation in case you're not lucky enough to have that other person speak the same language as you. So that is what I want for you guys. I'd love that. I'd love to be able to provide you with that. And that's my mission. So keep tuned, guys. Thank you so much for listening to my first episode. I hope you liked it. And stay tuned for the next one. Bye, guys.